Hey everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with a quick announcement before we start our episode. So many of you know that last year I signed a book deal to write the first ever meditation book written specifically for us. And this book is for the movement. This book is for the people, my people. And in the era of Me Too and the resistance and Black Lives Matter and a historic election, we have to ask ourselves, how the hell do we even keep our minds calm in the midst of all this craziness? How does something like meditation actually help us find our purpose? How does it help us get shit done? How does it help us step into the lives we know we were all born to live? And look, if you grew up in the struggle, facing things like homophobia or sexism or trauma or toxic masculinity or racism or social injustice or poverty or depression or shame, if you grew up facing any of that stuff, you need a different type of meditation. One that doesn't pretend that your struggle doesn't exist. So I'm gonna warn you, this ain't your mama's meditation book. This is Stay Woke, a meditation guide for the rest of us. And it is available for pre-order now. All you have to do if you wanna join in on this movement is go to staywokegiveback.com to pre-order the book, or you can just search for Justin Michael Williams, Stay Woke at any of your favorite booksellers. I love you. I thank you. I honor you. And remember, we rise together. Hey, everybody. This is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, giving you trusted guidance to make your life better. And this month, this is Black History Month. And we are doing a series on this podcast that I have been so excited about for the last several months called Forward, about how we can look back at our history, yes, and honor it with grace and with power and with presence and with all the magic that it deserves, but also how we can look forward to see how we, each of us as individuals, can make history today. We close our eyes. We close our eyes and we can see a life we haven't started living yet. So many of us can see the people we know we were put on this earth to be. And we all know, every single one of us, especially you listening, you know you were put here to do something fucking incredible. We can feel it inside. We can see the mother we've always wanted to be, the lover we've always wanted to be, the father, the entrepreneur, the dancer, the artist, the creative, the actor, the singer, the leader, the relationship that we always dream about, that business idea that we've been wanting to bring to life. But we spend so much of our precious time sitting on the sidelines, just waiting for that right moment, waiting, and we sit and we wait because when we were younger, someone told us and put this toxic thought in our head that the dream that we have is not for us. It's not for you because, because you're too fat or because you're too old or because you're too ugly or you're too gay or you're not good enough or you should have started earlier or you're too poor or you're too skinny or you're too black like they tell us are my favorite. People like us just don't do that. <laughs> whatever. They told us we weren't good enough. And the issue is we've internalized those beliefs and we've believed them. And that 
That, my brothers and sisters, is keeping us from moving forward. So I have a confession to make. What I want to do right now is teach you one of the most important tools and techniques that will help you move forward in your life. And I want you to know that this is for people who are overwhelmed with obsessive thinking, for people who were dealing with so much anxiety and stress that they have trouble sleeping at night, for people who have felt ashamed or who've ever felt wounded or who've ever felt not good enough or silenced or marginalized, for people who feel like there's something missing in their life. If that's you, if you've ever felt like there's something missing in their life, I want to help you pinpoint that wound and then use it as fuel to live the life you've always dreamed of. And I want you to know that this episode today, this is about taking action. This is about getting rid of that stuck feeling that's been gnawing in the back of your mind that you've been trying to ignore for all these years. But most importantly, this, this right here is for us. For my black brothers and sisters, this is for you. For my LGBTQIA+, and every other letter that we need to add to that acronym, this is for you. For my women who've had enough, this is for you. For my starving artists and workaholic creatives, this is for you. For my conscious entrepreneurs who are trying to make an impact with their businesses, this is for you. For those who've been discriminated against for their otherness, this is for you. For my social justice warriors, this is for you. For my tree-loving, planet savers who love the earth and who are saving our planet. This is for you and for all people of color and everyone out there in the world who is woke enough to understand why the fuck I'm pointing that out in the first place. This is for you. This is for us, for the people. And I want to just tell you real quick, I know we try to throw around this kind of stuff all the time, but it ain't easy being woke. And you know this, if you're out there in the world trying to live your life to the best of your ability and stay awake to the injustices and the things that are going on in the world and you're listening to podcasts and you're reading the books and you're starting to do the spiritual work and get crystals and do astrology and do all this stuff, you know that this all takes a lot more work than it seems like on the outside. I said to one of my friends the other day, they were just like, oh, Justin, you are, you know, you're a role model. And I said, honey, You've been doing therapy and stuff. You already know how much work it takes, how much digging I've had to do, how much of my hard hat I've had to put on to make it look this easy. (laughs) And so I'm sure you feel that way as well when people tell you, oh, it's just happening to you. You know, it's just coming easy. And I want you to know, especially as you're looking at other people out there in the world who are doing things and accomplishing things. One of my good friends, Sheila Marie, who's been on this podcast a few times, she said, you can't compare yourself to other people because you do not know what they sacrifice to get there. And so it ain't easy being woke. And I tell people all the time, and it's because this is the thing, saying that you're woke isn't just about knowledge. And it definitely ain't just some catchy hashtag that randomly decided to pop up on like our newsfeed or our favorite blog. The word woke, and I don't know if you guys know this, the word woke actually came from our ancestors. It was created by black people in the 1960s who literally were fighting for their existence, for fighting for their existence. And it was created by people who really had to stare things like segregation in the face and oppression in the face and still keep hope for a brighter future. And I'm going to be real right here. Some of the stuff they were fighting for back then, we're still fighting for today. And even 
though this word woke has been misused and misappropriated by journalists all over the world. It's been co-opted. One of my friends, Carrie, the other day said the word woke has been co-opted, even though that has happened without apology. We, black people, the woke people, the spiritual people, the conscious people, we cannot abandon woke. We need woke. Woke isn't just some throwaway word like fleek or like bay or like whatever like that. And if you're black or if you're trans or if you're poor, if you're disabled, if you're a woman, or if you're anyone who's had to face an uphill battle to enjoy the freedom that is your birthright, you better stay woke. Many of our ancestors didn't have the luxury to think about things like mental health and life purpose and manifesting. They had to sacrifice their passions and sacrifice their purpose to create stability and create possibilities and to create change for the future generations. And guess what? We, you and me, we are that generation. We have been paid for and we cannot take that for granted. And I just need you to know that staying woke isn't just about awareness. It is a call to action. And it matters most when you feel like giving up. Now, in my book, which is called Stay Woke for this reason, I wrote right in the beginning of the book this thing that I've been calling the Stay Woke Manifesto. And I want to read this to you right now, my brothers and sisters, because this This is what the revolution is all about. This is the Stay Woke Manifesto. Staying woke isn't just about awareness. It's a call to action and it matters most, baby, when you feel like giving up. Stay woke. Stay woke, you are worthy. Stay woke, you are ready. Stay woke, you can do this. Stay woke, you are not alone. Stay woke, you are not broken. Stay woke, you have the power within you. Stay woke, don't give up. Stay woke, it's okay to cry. Stay woke, I know the road has been tough. Stay woke, there are better days ahead. Stay woke, stay woke, stay woke. I have tears in my eyes. As I write this, I cry for the losses in our communities. We have gone through so much, more than most people could ever imagine. So please, my brothers and sisters, stay woke. Stay woke. Don't go to sleep. We need you. I call to you. I pray to you. I scream to you so loud that you remember who you really are. I remind you of your greatness. I remind you where you came from. I remind you that you are royalty. We have been past the torch. And yes, there's much more work to do. But the only way we can rise up is if we stand together and say yes to our lives and yes to our dreams and yes to the greatness that lives inside in each and every one of us. Stay woke. Your community needs you. Stay woke. Your family needs you to change. Stay woke. The future generations are counting on you. Stay woke to the ways in which you internalize shame. Stay woke in times of trial. Stay woke in times of pain. Stay woke. I know it'll get better. Stay woke. I know there will be brighter days. Stay woke. We need you to make it. Stay woke. I'll be by your side. Stay woke. We'll get there together and stay woke. We'll never die. Stay woke. Even when you're alone, stay woke. I'll hold your hand. Stay woke. We can lean on each other. Stay woke. I'll be a better man. Stay woke. Please know that I love you. Stay woke. Please know that I care. Stay woke. I'm always beside you. Stay woke. Even when you think I'm not there. Stay woke, my beautiful people. 
Stay woke, beautiful people that shine. I care about you so much. I just want you to thrive. Stay woke. The revolution, the real revolution, starts inside. That is the Stay Woke Manifesto from my book, Stay Woke, that comes out tomorrow, February 11th. And look, when I decided to create this series and even to write this book called Forward, it's all about how we can use our action and use our agency and use our power to overcome the toxic habits and thoughts and beliefs that are holding us back from our inherent greatness. And I want you to know that you listening, you deserve You deserve to live the life of your dreams. You deserve to step into your power. You deserve to be in a relationship with somebody that deserves you. You deserve all of it. And you're worthy just because you are. You're worthy because you are already royalty. You're worthy. You are worthy, period. And the thing is, throughout my last decade now, which is all crazy to say that it's been a decade of teaching yoga and meditation, I've been so blessed to work with thousands of people of all types of backgrounds from more than literally 40 countries around the globe. And it's been amazing to witness because everyone says the same things. They say like, oh, I tried things like meditation, you know, but, it, but I can never stick with it. Or I just can never get my mind to slow down. Or I don't believe in meditation. And I actually understand why. But here's the thing. I said very clearly there at the end of that manifesto that the revolution starts inside. And what I want you to know is God doesn't scream, he whispers. He only screams when he has to scream. He only screams when you're not listening to the messages coming inside of you. And I don't care what you believe in, God, the universe, the presence, the magic, whatever it is that you believe in, I'm talking about that higher power and calling that is on your life, that thing that we can connect into that is greater than any one of us individually, that force that's pressing us forward. When we connect into that, that's where the revolution happens. And the reason why I teach meditation, people ask me this all the time, well, you're a musician, well, you do podcasts, well, you're a public, why do you teach meditation? It is because hands down, and I've done everything, y'all, I've done ayahuasca, I've done therapy for years, I've done, I've done if you could think of a healing modality, I've done it. And what I can say without a shadow of a doubt is that the thing that has transformed my life most fully is meditation. And the reason why I share it is because I know that if this little boy who grew up in a home with gunshot holes on the outside of it, if I could grow up to be living the life of my dreams, I'm currently recording this podcast in Hawaii overlooking the ocean in this beautiful space with friends. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because if I can do this shit, I want to make sure that you can too. And this tool of meditation is one of those things that's been hidden from us. That literally we try it and we feel like it doesn't work, like it's not for us. And like I said just a moment ago, I understand why. I really do understand why. And that's because meditation, at least the kind of meditation that most of us have heard about all the time, The way it started, and I think a lot of people don't know this, is the way that it started was with a bunch of men who were monks who were sitting in the forest and sitting in caves. And to become a monk back then 
What you had to do, now listen to me carefully, okay? What you had to do to become a monk back then, it wasn't just about wearing some orange robes, okay? Them Beyonce colored robes. <laughs> what you are, what are Ivy Park colored robes. What you had to do to become a monk was you had to literally release and abandon your entire family, all of your friends, all of your internal desires, and I'm talking everything. I'm talking about sex and passion and intimacy and life purpose and all these kind of things. And you had to let go of all of your emotions and your needs, including hunger, including thirst and everything you loved. You had to renounce all of it, sit under a tree and devote your life to spiritual practice. Now, I just want you to hear what I'm saying. Like really take a second and take that into your heart. Imagine leaving your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your kids, your friends, everyone, and never, ever speaking to them again, even if you walked by them on the street. Imagine how intense that would be. And then imagine trying to cut yourself off from the emotions that you would feel from doing that so that you weren't distracted from devoting your life to God. Sounds intense, right? <laughs> it, it was, okay? And it was so intense that the history says that the ancient monks, what they had to do was to use these special techniques to help them totally abandon their worldly desires and devote their life to spiritual practice. And the most powerful of these special techniques was meditation. But here's the issue. Here's where the discord comes with us. Because we ain't monks. We are modern people living right now in a high-tech world. We got first world problems. We got long to-do lists. We got shit to do. We got iPhones and social media, and we have emotions that keep us connected to our passions and our dreams and one another, and we have relationships, and we have sex, hopefully, some of us. We have kids, and we have jobs, and we have so many things going on that we want to be connected to. I want you to hear me when I'm saying that, connected to. And if you grew up like me, and I know many of you listening to this podcast grew up the same way that I did, overcoming the struggle, overcoming systemic oppression and homophobia and sexism and depression and poverty and toxic masculinity and community disempowerment and fucking racism and trauma. If you went through any of that kind of stuff, you don't need to be doing the kind of same meditations that the monks were doing. We need a different type of meditation, one that doesn't pretend that our struggle doesn't exist. I'm going to say that again. We need a type of meditation that doesn't pretend our struggle doesn't exist. And so I want to introduce you. And what I do in my book is I introduce people to a practice called freedom meditation. And freedom meditation is the practice that I've been doing for the last decade. And it's a practice that connects us with the most powerful version of our own self, the self that is deep down in inside, the self that is untouched and unscathed by all the bullshit that we've gathered over the years and sets it free. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're somebody who's sitting here and you think you can't meditate because you can't get your mind to stop thinking and all this kind of stuff, we'll talk about that later. But here's what I want you to hear. If you take anything from me right now, I want you to take this. If you can worry, you can meditate. If you can worry, you can meditate. And that's because worrying and meditation are literally the same thing. 
Think about it. When you're worrying, what you're doing is you could be going throughout your whole day. You could be trying to work. You could be trying to write. You could be trying to do music, play guitar. You can be at the store. You could be driving in your sleep even, okay? And your brain will keep coming back to these same worrying thoughts over and over and over without you even having control over it sometimes. Meditation works exactly the same way. But we just flip the switch from worry to empowerment. I think most people say that they want to get their mind to stop thinking. That's not actually what we want. What we want is for our thoughts to work for us instead of against us. You don't want your mind to stop thinking. You just don't want your thoughts to be spinning you out of control. And so we all know how to meditate. We're doing it all day. So many of us are just often worrying instead of meditating. And we're meditating on the wrong shit. And then we're wondering why our lives are unfolding in the way they're unfolding and why we're stuck in toxic habits and stuck in the same relationships because we're putting our awareness on worry and fear and a future that hasn't happened yet, but that looks like doom. And the revolution is going to take us looking towards a future That's better than what we have now. Looking towards a future that's brighter than what we have now. You know, in my book, I'm so blessed that actually Martin Luther King's publishers, actually the people who own the rights to the I Have a Dream speech, actually let me use an excerpt of the I Have a Dream speech in the book. It was such an honor when they said yes to me for that. And the reason why is because I want you to think about what Martin Luther King did back then. Think about when that speech was given in the 60s. And the things that he was saying that he had a dream for, okay, of the children holding hands together, okay, in the spirit of brotherhood. Some of the stuff that he was talking about then, we're still fighting for today. We are still fighting for some of that stuff. But that doesn't make the dream invalid. What the dream does is it gives us something to vision at, vision towards. It gives us something to go forward with. It gives us hope and possibility. And this is why it matters. Because we may never see the world that looks exactly like Martin Luther King had envisioned. We may never see a life that looks exactly like the dream we have in our head. But what matters most is who we become in pursuit of that vision. The vision itself and it showing up in, as it is, specifically is in your head, as it is in your imagination, is not what matters. Who you become as you are trying to bring that vision to life is what matters the most. And so we got to dream bigger. We got to be able to shift our awareness from this worry and this doubt and these fears that have been programmed into us literally since slavery. And we have to flip that switch from worrying to empowerment. So I want to give you a little quick test run here. We're not going to do a whole meditation practice here on this podcast, but we're going to give it a little quick test run. If you're in a space that you can, even if you have to keep your eyes open, I invite you to place both hands over your heart, one hand right over your chest, and then the other one. This is actually scientifically proven to release oxytocin into the body, which is a hormone or a chemical that gets released into the body that helps us feel loved and safe. It's interesting. It actually evolved this way from hugging. That's how this started happening in our bodies. So place a hand over your heart and then place the other hand over And I'd like you to just take five slow, deep breaths. And when I say slow and deep, I want you to inhale for five counts. And then exhale slowly, slower than that for five counts. And then do that a few more times. Inhale. 
and exhale. You got it. Keep going. And just make sure you don't breathe too fast and notice and feel your chest rise and fall with each breath. Notice how your body gets a little bit bigger with each inhale and how your body contracts and get a little bit smaller with each exhale. And then take two more breaths. Last one, inhale. And exhale. And as you exhale, keep your hands over your heart and answer these questions with the first thing that comes into your mind. First answer. What's the real dream for your life? Trust what comes up. There's no way to do this wrong. Trust that your intuition is telling you something right now. Trust that whatever comes up for you is exactly what you need to hear in this moment today, right now. What is the real dream for your life? And the second question. Why are you still holding yourself back from getting there? And then whatever reason came to you, I want you to take it a step deeper and answer this. What's the real reason? The first reason that you came up with was probably the surface reason. So go deeper. What's the real reason? The reason that isn't about you pointing fingers. The reason that isn't about you looking outside. Go in. Why are you still holding yourself back. And this doesn't mean that we don't go through shit. This doesn't mean that things in our life don't happen that are out of our control. But this is about the agency and the power that you have to step into the life that you deserve to live. So why are you holding yourself back? Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And if your eyes were closed... Feel free to open them. And if you didn't know what came up, you know, I don't want you to worry. I, I dove into this pretty deeply in my book. But I know that if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are ready to take some part of your life to the next level. This I know for sure. You would not be listening to Motivation for Black People if you were not interested in taking some part of your life to the next level, because I know that you listening, I know that every single one of our listeners is committed to growth and committed to transformation and committing to stepping up their game and taking their life to the next level. So we really have to think about it. What is it? What is holding us back? And we just have to drop in and think about it because it's better to do this now than it is to wait until life hits you upside the head with some dramatic situation like it did to me when I was younger. So I want to tell you a little story. And before I do, I want to tell you this. If you still had trouble identifying what's stopping to you, stopping you right now, I don't want you to worry because this is something that I dive deeper in into a lot of podcasts and in my book. And I think that this is something that we have to start to understand. This is what inner work is all about. It's about pointing the finger from out and pointing it in. It doesn't mean that people ain't doing shit out. It doesn't mean that we're excusing the things that are happening outside of us and accepting them. It means that we are also looking within to see what we are creating and how we are creating the lives that are in front of us. And so it's really interesting. I have a little story for you. So 
in 2012, actually, my grandmother, who I was super, super close to, got diagnosed with stage four cancer, and the doctors told her she only had a couple months to live. And when this happened, this rocked my fucking world like nothing I'd ever experienced before. You got to understand, like, my baka, which is what I called my grandma, my baka, which is a, a long story. We were super close. She was literally my best friend. And when this happened, I was so devastated that I flew home to Pittsburgh, California, to the Bay Area. And when I arrived, she kicked every single person out of the room, pulled me in, and asked me a question that changed the trajectory of my entire life. She said, if you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? If you were in my shoes and you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And in that moment, I just started trembling and I started crying. I started to feel these tears start to well up, but I couldn't cry because I got a childhood of, of only being told only faggots cry. So I couldn't cry. And then before I could even think about it, this answer came erupting out of my mouth with a roar of emotion that literally came from the deepest part of my soul. I said, I would quit and stop every single thing that I'm doing. And I would record an album. And my Baca smiled in that moment. And she just said, I know baby, I know. And the thing, she was a believer the whole time. And I, on the other hand, with all the teasing and abuse and things that I was dealing with in my own life, I was sitting there frozen with some shock because I'm like, did I actually just say that? Literally sitting there like I imagine the disciples felt when they felt Jesus coming out of the tomb. I felt that because the truth, the ghost of my truth in that moment had been resurrected, a truth that I had thought had been long gone. And here's the thing, I had always wanted to make music ever since I was a little boy. It had been my dream, but I never thought I was good enough. I let all the kids at school tease me about being gay, make me feel like I sucked at everything. And they said I was too feminine when I sang or when I performed. And y'all already know, when you're a feminine little boy growing up in the hood, you know what I mean? You already know what that means. You're getting teased, you're getting bullied, you're getting beat up. You guys have heard me talk about people used to jump out of trees at school and choke me. I know it sounds crazy and funny, but just imagine your little kid, your little eight-year-old or seven-year-old son or daughter getting choked by people on the way home from school. And you know, when I looked around at me, the people who were closest to me, there were very few signs of anyone around me making money doing something they love. The idea of working and enjoying your work or living in your passion was something that was almost non-existent around me. And the paradox of, of my childhood, and I know that so many of you listening had this as well, was, was there so much love. I love my mom and I love my dad and they did so, they did the best they could. And I remember when I first started getting into therapy and this work, I felt bad because I felt like, well, if I'm calling them out, if I'm making them take responsibility, if I'm making them take accountability, does this mean I don't love them? Does this mean that they're bad? Does this mean, no, it just means that we're breaking the cycles. Look, what doesn't heal repeats. What doesn't heal repeats. And those of us who are willing to look back and do this work and name it and call it like it is, we are healing the generational lines that have been passed down through many of our families all the way since slavery. And so my family had this, this balance, this paradox of love and, and abuse and protection and violence and acceptance. And then at the same time, well, don't talk about it, right? Don't talk about that. And so this is the thing, like, even though my family had sacrificed a lot and did the best they could to provide for all of us kids, we still had so much trauma. There were, like I said, gunshot holes on the outside of our house. And 
One of the most vivid memories that I have as a kid was calling 911 trying to protect my mom from my stepdad who choked her literally until we finally escaped to live with my grandparents. And all I knew, and I think for many of us, when we grow up in these kind of environments, all we know to do is just to try to make as much money as we can to get out, you know? And that's all that I wanted to do. And I'm grateful to say that I did. I ended up getting a full ride academic scholarship to go to UCLA. I ended up starting a marketing company when I was 20 years old. I ended up having six figures by the time I was 26. I had celebrity clients. I was driving a black BMW. I lived two blocks from the beach in LA. And here's the thing. Most people would have said that I was living the dream. And it was a cute life, I'm going to tell you. It was a cute life to be living there. But the thing is, it was the wrong dream. It was a dream based on my desire to leave my circumstances, not my desire to fly. A dream that was based on my desire to fulfill cultural expectations that were based off of these oppressive norms and traditions and to do whatever the fuck I could, whatever the hell I could, to be loved and validated and accepted by the people around me, especially my mom and dad. And here's the best one, like really just building my whole life to be quote unquote successful. Successful as defined by who? You know, and especially if you end up, if you're somebody in your family who's kind of like the smart one or the special one or the, you know, whatever, the one who everybody's looking towards, which I'm sure you probably are because you're listening to this podcast and doing this kind of work that people are always calling you for advice, then you end up taking on this role where you think you're supposed to be the one who's supposed to save everybody. And in that process, numbing your real dream as you were sitting there over-functioning and over-achieving, does any of this sound familiar to you? So you see, here's the, here's the issue. Those of us who grow up in the struggle, whatever particular struggle that may be for you, we're not given an opportunity to dream big enough. When you grow up with violence and abuse, you dream of safety. When you grow up living paycheck to paycheck, you dream of security. When you grow up in a broken home, you dream of stability. When you grow up being teased for being different, you dream to belong. When you grow up being marginalized, you dream for the same basic rights that seem to be afforded to everyone else by default. So of course you forget about your dream. Of course the dream you had when you were a kid gets literally pushed to the recesses of your mind. It hurts too much to hold on to that dream because it seems impossible. But when we wake up We're able to get back to that dream that we had before we knew about racism, before we knew about slavery, before we knew about suffrage, before we knew about divorce, before we knew about the Holocaust, before we knew about depression, before we knew about drugs, before we knew about domestic violence, before we knew about systemic oppression and all the shit that comes with it. Underneath all that shit, there's a dream and it might be dormant for you and it might be covered in complacency, but it's still there. It has not abandoned you. Trust me, baby. It has not abandoned you. And here's the thing that I know more than anything else. Meditation will help you wake it up. Meditation will help you wake it up. And if you're not even sure what your dream is, or if there's a new dream knocking on your door, meditation will help you answer that call. So this, this is really what it's all about because when we're able to go inside and this is the reason why I wrote this book when we're able to go inside and feel and know and touch 
and see the ways in which we are blocking our own selves from stepping into our power and potential. That is the world that we need. That is how we wake up. And meditation will give you the opportunity to go inside and feel and know and touch and take responsibility for your gifts and talents so that you can finally stop wasting time, move beyond all those damn fears and wake up to the life you were born to live. And not just for yourself, for your family, for your community, for the planet and for the people. This is what it's all about. And so... It's really a great honor that I have been so blessed and so lucky to be able to write this book. And I, what I say to people is really funny. I tried to put this in the, in the little caption on Amazon for the book, but my publisher wouldn't let me. I told people, I said, this ain't your mama's meditation book. <laughs> this ain't your mama's meditation book. We have a practice. I have a practice in the book called Why Porn is Fucking You, a creativity practice. So we, it's taking meditation into the very real context that we have had in our lives. And really my mission over the last several years, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know this, is to take spiritual practices and to take things like meditation out of the typically just classically white spiritual echo chamber and bring it to people like you and me. Because I believe that all people of all backgrounds deserve to have access to the truth. And so we have to ask big questions. And in the book, I talk about things like how meditation can loosen the grip of our toxic habits, especially when it comes to things like porn and drugs and alcohol and social media and sex and the incessant need that so many of us, and me included, have for validation. And this comes from our childhood. But we can undo this stuff. How does meditation fit in when we're stressed out or we're overwhelmed or we're stretched too thin or we don't have extra time? How does it help us actually get shit done and not just relax? One of the things that I always say is that meditation is not about relaxing. Meditation is about becoming more alive. Meditation is not about relaxing. Meditation is about becoming more alive, more connected to our passions, more connected to our emotions, more connected to our feelings. And it's not about feeling good. It's about feeling, period. And so many of us have been pushing so much down, and I get it. We got a lot to put down, push down, just so that we can live. But the way that we're going to overcome is by bringing this stuff up to the surface and healing it so that it doesn't repeat. And so in the book, we really look at, you know, how meditation impacts things like social justice. And what I'm really blessed and grateful to say is this is one of the first ever meditation books that's ever come out that has this context of looking at how we can use it for social justice and activism and also things like how do we use meditation for real practical shit like productivity and our relationships and making more money and trauma and healing and entrepreneurship and our creative passions and our projects and our artistic endeavors how does it help us overcome the obstacles that keep us from our greatness the answers to every single one of those questions gave birth to the book that i am so grateful and so blessed to share with every single one of you in this kingdom today called Stay Woke, a meditation guide for the rest of us. And this podcast is being released on February 9th. And the book goes live and is public to the world on February 11th, 2020. 
20, which is just a couple weeks before my birthday. And so look, as much as I want for my own reasons, right, for you to pre-order the book or for you to get the book, I really, from the depths of my soul, want you to have this work because you deserve this work. Because there is nothing out there in the world. The reason I wrote this thing, the reason I spent the last two years of my life writing this for you, is because there is nothing at all out there in the world that includes us, that has to do with meditation and mindfulness, that includes what we're really going through. And it's time for the rest of us to stand up together and rise. And how are we going to do it if we don't have the systems and the tools accessible to us? And so it is my great honor and truly my great privilege to be on this journey with you, to be a guide on this journey with you. And what I truly believe is that we're all just walking each other home. In the great words of Ram Das, we're all just walking each other home. And so my hope is that we can all go home to this kingdom together. <laughs> so I love you guys. Um, I put a link to the book in the description for this episode. You can also go to staywokegiveback.com to get the book. And it's, it's everywhere. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, wherever you get books, you can find it. And, you know, it's really, I just want to say thank you guys. For Black History Month, this is when this podcast started was Black History Month a few years ago, and I never would have imagined that we would have built a community that's so many thousand people strong from all over the world, and being with you guys every single week is an honor and a privilege that I don't take for granted. And one of the other things that I want to mention to you just briefly here that I think you will all just love and appreciate is one of the things that my publisher actually approved for me to do is instead of going on a traditional book tour, and just so you all know, a traditional book tour is like going to these like really posh, you know, Upper West Side bookstores um, and doing these book readings and stuff like that. I told them I didn't want to do that <laughs> because I wanted to go to the people. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going on a 10 to 15 city tour and it's going to keep going to high schools and colleges and community centers in some of the most impacted cities in the United States. We're going to places like Flint, Michigan and Atlanta, Georgia and Chicago and Oakland and Baltimore. And I mean, we're going all over the country and we're going to high schools and we're going to colleges and we're giving the book away for free for free to tens of thousands of kids all around the world and we're hosting a big huge assembly for the kids it's going to be kind of like a ted talk meets a music concert because y'all know i like to sing and we're teaching them how to meditate we're teaching them how to get into these practices so that they can start changing their lives and they don't got to spend thousands of dollars on therapy like we got to spend, okay, and read all these books to overcome so much of what was created in our lives when we were younger. And, I, and the stats are crazy. It's like, you know, one in four, God, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but it's like one in four kids who are growing up you know, consider suicide. It's like double if you're LGBTQ. It's like a whole greater percentage if you're black. And, and what is most important to me even more than pre-ordering this book or ordering the book is that we're able to take this to as many kids as possible. So my publisher and I have created a page where you can go and donate any amount, large or small, any amount, $2, $5, whatever, to help us bring this to more kids of color. 
all over the country and we're getting LGBTQ kids, we're getting black kids, we're getting Latino kids, we're getting, we're getting really all colors of kids, but I'm really focusing my energy on the communities that need us most. And so if you go to this website, staywokegiveback.org.org, you'll see a little thing where you can donate and every single donation that's made is fully tax deductible because it's supported by the Sounds True Foundation, which is my publisher's 501c3 nonprofit. And so staywokegiveback.com is where you pre-order the book. Staywokegiveback.org is where you donate to the kids. And, you know, all of this going back to our theme for the month is forward. How do we move forward? And there was no way in hell I was going to do a whole series this month on moving forward and voting and elections and all the things that are happening outside of us without reminding you that the revolution the real revolution starts right in there, inside your own heart. So I love you. I thank you. I honor you. This has been Justin Michael Williams. I really love you guys so much. I'm really feeling so much. I like smiling. I just feel so grateful to be with you all. And I love you. And I will talk to you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.